welcome to another another stop no again leave it in leave it leave it leave this in the final edit do you want to try again or i'm gonna try again i'm gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna cut this out you're not gonna cut this out no 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 i'm still gonna try again yeah yeah okay fine i'm gonna say it because because this is the title of the show i'm gonna say it right Hello and welcome to another episode of Nick and John is this Evangelion. Trips off the tongue. It really does. It doesn't though. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I didn't think I'd ever say it, but uh, we may have been too clever in in coming up with that. That's like the peak, isn't it? The the title, as it is with a lot of things that we create. No, that's not true. The acronym is Najit. Yeah. And whenever I, because every now and then I'll see that written, like you name the files Najit. The file, yeah, I call it Najit. And sometimes on our like to-do list is like record Najit 5 or whatever. I'm like, who is this Najit? Who is like, Najit? It's like our like our Indian intern. Who's, who's <laughs> like our, si- our silent partner. <laughs> Shut up, Najit. <laughs> we don't want your opinions. <laughs> um, I'm John. I'm Nick. And uh, this is That Thing. Yeah, the way that we just said. Yeah. And uh, we just watched episode... Six. six we're back we, yeah by the way yeah after a, <laughs> a, a hiatus. Uh, yeah a slight hiatus uh due to well life really like all manner of other yeah. commitments and conventioneering and conventioneering uh, that's a good word we were busy uh finishing off books and and junk but uh, absolutely and also with as always with the lead up to the end of the year it's all gone a bit crazy it's always a bit crazy but hey it's all you know uh, beside us now. I mean, we are back in the world of Evangelion. Mm. And how. Uh, and how. So, uh, kind of uh, the the uh, the misks of time parting. And, we're, okay, so where did we leave off at the end of episode five? The end of episode five was, well, there was the cliffhanger with the arrival of, of this angel. Yes. Uh, Ramiel. But what was the story up until that point? So that was... Did um, we have a big thing where, like... He'd because we remember because we should do our research for doing it. Like we can't remember what we did in the previous things, but oh, it's 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 the episode where we find out a lot about Unit Zero and it going berserk, and um, that's it, isn't it? It's all about Ray. Yeah, it's all about Ray because um because uh, episode one and two is a two parter. Mm-hmm. Episode three has the uh Shash Shamshell the uh, the angel the the, the one with the whippy with yeah the arms. like the lobster one <laughs> then I think we agreed that episode four was the worst thing we'd ever seen uh, in all in all of time and history and then episode five is all about Ray yeah and was pulling us we thought kind of back yes like, it, it was, wasn't a great episode but it was also uh, on on the rise yeah like yeah. it would be hard pressed to be worse than episode four yeah and then we had high hopes for episode six because boom right at the end of number five. A new angel appears. And and this is the angel that everyone remembers when, yes. whenever you talk about Evangelion. It's like the big blue two pyramids stuck to each other, floating in the sky thing. Octagon. Yes. Octahedral. I had to count the sides in my head. Yeah. O- so, Ramiel. Octahedral. Yeah, not yes. gone, is it? Because a gone is a two-dimensional shape. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, so an octahedron. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and uh, See, learning maths my, as well. my favourite angel. Your favourite angel. Personally, my favourite angel. I don't think he's my favourite angel. Oh. Because because we have my favourite well, angel coming up. We know what's coming, yeah. yeah. But, but I remember... Um, but he's I, a great angel. I remember this this um, this uh, this angel and this kind of whole scenario really struck a chord with me when mm. I first saw it. Like, because clearly, as you said, people talk about mm. this episode a lot. Like, this is one which kind of really stuck in my brain. But to be fair, this, this was an important angel. Um, even if it's not my favourite, because of its abstractness. Mm. Like, this was the first time that these giant robots were fighting giant monsters, and the first time that a giant monster was like, 
what is that? Yes. Because up until now, we've had a big green sort of, what you could say a big sort of lizard man. And then after that, like a big lobster. It's all kind of falling into the Godzilla-y, big, giant versions of small things that we have trope. As a little side note, mm. the first angel... Oh, well, not the, the third angel, but yeah. like the first angel that turns up in the series. The um, is it? Is it uh, it's called like Sakiel. Yeah, Sakiel. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is apparently, according to all the insider knowledge and the official show notes, mm. uh, amphibious. It kind of has got a weird amphibious flavour to it. Do you get that vibe? I well, never got that vibe. It's it's got. I mean, nothing's webbed. It's se, meant to be kind of really. like frog. Yeah, but it's got like that really big torso. That like a frog kind of has, like sort of more muscly at the top, and then sort of spindlier limbs, kind of. I suppose so if you took a frog, stood it upright, yeah. and stuck a, a little bird mask on its face, it probably would look a little bit. Sounds like, like a Thursday evening for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> 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 yeah, I wasn't being hypothetical. When you took a frog and stuck weekly. a weekly, <laughs> yeah. When you last did that, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. ended up looking exactly like Satchel. Yeah, once you got over the intense sexual thrill. Yeah. 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 Which I think is very normal. For science. (laughs) But yeah, so it's a good point because those first two angels, while weird, were undeniably like monsters. Yeah, exactly. They had something like a head. They had some kind of like limbs. And And I think up until that point in the show, you'd you'd have defined it as giant robots fighting giant monsters. That's the show. (laughs) But then here's an angel, which is basically just a a shape. Yeah. Like Like a crystal. uh, What do you call it? Like a... Geometric. It's just a yeah. uh, oh, oh, what's the word? Um, platonic, like a, just a platonic, platonic shape. And it's like, is this alive? Yeah. Apparently, it's alive. Apparently, it is. It sings, which is kind of cool because it's like it's <laughs> uh, it's just so strikingly weird. Mm. As you said, just like two blue pyramids stuck together, and uh, it's massive. Yeah, it's the biggest one, and it just seems. Is it the biggest one? Is that a fact? Yes, I want to say it is. Because that bi- winged one that comes later on. Spoilers. Uh, that comes down like a ball and then it opens out. I feel like that's, that's a very good point, well, actually. That may could not be, be bigger. As big. Don't know. Mind you, that one is trying to kill them by just falling on <laughs> yeah. Tokyo out of orbit, so it must be pretty big. Yeah. Anyway, but wait, when we're getting ahead of ourselves, we are. Uh, should we dive back into it and yeah. do the breakdown of the episode from square one? Which, frankly, I don't think will take too long because this episode moved at a hell of a pace. It did. Yeah. Like when we were talking about it, we were almost convinced that this was a two-parter. Yeah, and I think we were convinced of that because of Evangelion Rebuild one point one one. Yes, indeed, the because old the old movie, the whole first movie one point one one is up to this point. Yes, basically, or everything we've seen up until now. Um, in one movie and so it makes the whole because of course this is the final battle of the yeah. first movie so it makes that a lot more climactic a lot more cinematic out- cinematic absolutely because the stakes are very high here mm. and i was actually kind of amazed by how quickly they rattled through it yeah in this episode like it it really felt i mean like you look at well the episodes are like 20 22 minutes long they're not that long no but like think of episode four you know Jesus, he's dragged on the long, dark (laughs) tea time of Shinji Ikari's soul, and it was just horrendous. And then this one, more happened in this episode. It's probably happened in the preceding five episodes, the whole series so far. Yeah, but it it just it just stormed through it. Yeah. So anyway, where where do we? uh... So it picks up literally uh, showing us the the last few seconds of the last episode. Yes, um, where we see the beam come from. Uh, is it Ramiel? Ramiel. Ramiel. The Angel of Thunder, ah, I think. Okay. 
um, hitting, uh, going through a skyscraper, hitting Unit 1 in the chest. Yes. Um, boiling the LCL around Shinji, who screams. Ah! Yes. Um, and then they retract Unit 1 back down, because he can't handle that. And um, and the beam sort of stops. Because like um, most of the angels, it, uh, Ramiel just suddenly appears. Yeah. Just bam. It's just there. Like That's a good point, actually. Like is There's no entry from orbit. Just like the other mm. angels, they just appear. Because here, here is a... Uh, because in the intervening time between this episode and the last, I've spent a lot of time going through the Evangelion so one of us has done community. Some That's good. On like, like <laughs> we yeah, no research on our own episodes. We can't remember what we've talked about before. But like, where am I? It, there was a fan theory for the longest time that the angels, and I'm not going to go into spoilers here because we'll cover stuff later in the series. But the angels, people were wondering, were they spawning on Earth? Mm. There was an idea that like wherever they came from, I mean. We we kind of know. There's this idea that maybe like eggs or some kind of like embryonic state of the angels had been kind of scattered around the planet, mm. and so like the, the three angels we've seen have just come from like the ocean. Yes, as far as we're aware, they just they seem to have just come from the horizon. Right? So it's this idea that like they're hatching and then kind of. Whereas me watching the series, I kind of always got the impression they'd come from space. I always somehow had as well. Yeah, but you see something the size of Ramiel. Yeah, which is. As we talked about, just so strikingly weird to look at. Yeah. Just this massive geometric shape. But uh, it's just, I think that adds to why it's kind of so sinister and cool, because it just mm. kind of like, it's just suddenly there. And they're suddenly saying like, there's another angel. Where the hell did it come from? How did it get yeah, sneaked off on us? alarm's going off. Uh, but it's because it has no limbs or anything. No. It's gimmick face. is that it can generate the most incredibly powerful uh, energy attacks. Mm. Like kind of primal fury of the universe kind of like yeah unstoppable beam of energy and that's what it does so like uh, they deploy unit one and it just immediately gets blasted like you were saying yeah and they have you, to bring it in and you see that uh as you say like that skyscraper which is in the way <laughs> just just melt like butter yeah because um we often talk about like where they save money on like the animation <laughs> yeah so you really want it to shine in like the combat but mm. there is some really lovely animation on the stuff melting. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you get a sense of like the raw power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this episode is, is quite a highlight for where they cut corners and where they don't and sort of shows what their, uh, what their MO on that is, you know, and, and where they want to make the animation really shine. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of action in this episode, but there's also a lot of sequences that sort of intersperse the action that are more just talking characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are barely animated at all. I mean, I could do it in PowerPoint, I think. Yes, that's true, actually. Yeah. You probably could. <laughs> they probably, like... Uh, I I want to say, with a caveat, mm. that I think they hide some of their cost-cutting measures a bit better in this episode. Yes. But because we are now... We, we're, like, six episodes in, yeah. and we're aware of it, I was noticing it. Yeah. And we're like, oh, that's a thing. You but know, as you say, like, um, like, the damage to... Uh, unit one, the sort of the the energy effects and the destruction of the skyscraper, and also those those are really really well done, actually, mm. yeah, you know, particularly for the time as well. So, I was impressed with that. But sorry, yeah, because I I uh, I just kind of like I derailed you a bit there, but I was trying to do it in a way to like kind of remind myself because it was kind of like the episode you just straight into the action, yeah, and it's like they've deployed unit one, and it's immediately just been blasted like yeah. before he's even had a chance to move or exactly or do anything, yeah. And and so and and then basically like 
the the after that point it's all kind of well how are we meant to deal with this you know because unit one is our is our killer secret weapon and it got seriously melted so from then on it's kind of preparation and planning for what they're going to do so they bring they bring uh, unit one back in yes they sort of um and it's kind of like its chest plate is all melted it's severely damaged yeah yeah they eject the plug uh shinji's in there but he's unconscious yes they take him out uh all sort of very hurriedly, like, Misato herself is running down to the hangar to see that he's okay. As you said, they generally seem... To care now. To actually care about his well-being. Which, yeah. Uh... yeah, which is which is funny because we've been making lots of jokes about how they don't, like, seemingly <laughs> value him at all. Mental well-being, they don't care. No. But no. physically, like, the moment he... Yeah, if, he, if he's dead, oh, yeah. what are we going to do? But um, it's like you see the LCL kind of boiling. Yeah. Uh, and they 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 get Shinji out of the thing, and there's blood pouring out of his nose, yeah. and he's unconscious. And we're like, oh heck, you know, uh, <laughs> oh that's bad. Oh dear. So uh, so he goes into hospital, or their sort of equivalent of that. He's being looked after, and in the meantime, um, Misato tries a few things out. Yeah, because it, it's kind of weird because there's this immediate like Lull. tension of like, oh hell, an angel's attacking, and it appears to have the most powerful energy beam we've ever witnessed yeah and they deploy unit one unit one is almost immediately microwaved <laughs> uh and they quickly withdraw it and they're yeah. like oh good <laughs> thing we did like in another six seconds work. he'd have been dead uh and then kind of like the the immediate tension and panic kind Drops. of disappears yeah and then because it's like the the angel ramiel moves into position uh it just kind of floats it's directly above the city yeah and then it uh, extends yes. this very cute little Thin drill drill out of the bottom, and and you kind of learn that it's it's essentially directly above the geofront, yeah, and central dogma, yeah, and it wants to get down, yeah, to them, it wants like, to drill right into nerve. And I think it's like the first angel we've seen, which appears to directly want to get down to the geofront, yeah. And we were talking about this as we were watching it, because because. At this point, it's very unclear how much Misato seems to know yes. about what's going on. And, you know, she's very much operations director, which is her, one of her many titles. But she doesn't seem to, like, it seems no one at this point understands why they're here. What do they want? What are they doing? Why are they, are they villains? Hmm. They seem to be attacking us. I don't know why. And no one seems to ask those questions. And understandably, I suppose, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot to do. You know, got to save the world, uh, make sure people don't die. So focus more on that than the philosophical implications of what these things are and what it means for humanity. But equally, the very fact that this is the first one that A, knows where Nerve is, and B, is directly attacking that, yeah. should be a really serious question for people to be raising. Like, what is happening here? Yeah, it's kind of like, certainly like the first time I was watching the show, I never asked these questions. No. It's only when you really, certainly watching it again, you're like, you're tearing apart. What, 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 why? <laughs> like, you know, what, why is this happening? What's going on? Yeah. But like... Why does it want in? But it's interesting that, of course, this massive floating pyramid thing has a beam which can just melt through <laughs> solid matter yeah. like in seconds but it doesn't appear to have any problems in just firing again and again and again as required in fact as unit 1 cuz unit 1 gets shot up on its elevator yeah right into the the firing line yeah and and it gets blasted by ramiel i'm like oh hell like it's melting through concrete and bricks and earth uh, can't get through the amazing armor of the Eva, but it's starting to melt. So they're like, 
you know, oh hell, like quick, Pull withdraw it, it. So as the the Eva shoots back down on the elevator, Ramiel's beam follows, follows it yeah. for a short while <laughs> and is actually cutting into the ground. Uh, with a high success rate. Yeah, it's really I good should, at cutting yeah, it's into really the ground. really efficient. Yeah, like really good. Knife through warm butter. Straight through the ground. But then when it comes to actually, oh, I want to get I want to get down there. Yeah. It's what the angel is saying to itself. Yeah. You know, Internal in, its, monologue. in its little pyramidy blue brain. Yeah. And but I've got a dainty little drill. Yeah. Which isn't which is made of metal. Um, yes. Looks, yeah, looks a lot like a drill we might make, humanity might make. Yeah, uh, nothing like a laser weapon from space or a cosmic energy beam, nothing like that. And and this is why the tension kind of evaporates because it takes a long time. Yeah, and they go, well, we've estimated it will take nine hours for this drill to break through all the levels of defense to penetrate down into the geofront, which mm. is underground. Of like, okay, we have time, so let's think. So, uh, I don't mean this as a criticism because actually, I quite like. I, one thing I like about this episode is where they're like, we have a timeline. We have nine hours. Like, yeah. it's like this alien, methodical, relentless thing is going to drill down to us. And apparently that's bad. Like, we don't know what will happen when it gets there. But we have nine hours. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Like, it's it's drilling down, but it's not actively hostile. Hmm. Like, I, it, yeah, I'm saying it now. Maybe it is a criticism, actually, because it's like... <laughs> This thing has turned up and has the power to kill every living being in Tokyo <laughs> 3 in a few seconds if it wanted to. And it isn't. And it's just very gently There is thrilling. something kind of... Because I was just thinking, like, why doesn't it go for one of the um, tubes that the Avas are launched out of? Because oh. it would be much quicker to cut through that. Because I know that there are doors at every point because we see them all open up at one point as we're looking up one yes, of those yeah. shafts. Um, but there's nothing in between those doors. There's no earth or, or, or ground. So, you know, it would be it would be quicker to go down there. But I'm kind of imagining the angels, and we do obviously find a little bit more about the angels' sort of mindset, if you can even say yeah. that later on, and whether they're even really sentient in any sort of way or whether they're more like a force, a cosmic force to yeah. be here to do a specific thing. But um, you can sort of imagine it's like, I need to get to nerve. I need to get to the central dogma. So I'm just going to position myself directly above that and drill. Yeah, it's very... And it's like, I'm not going to try and find some other way, because that's a very human thing to do, is to like solve the problem. Oh, it's going to take me nine hours to drill through the ground. I'm going to find a way that'll take me four. Hmm. That's what a human would think. But this relentless machine that doesn't even doubt its own power, because why would it? Because it doesn't have things like doubts. It's just going to... It doesn't matter how long nine hours is. It doesn't matter if it's 300 years. It's just going to cut down and get to central dogma. That's yeah. all that matters. But, but it's interesting because... You have to wonder what the general world is thinking. Because we know that, like, Nerve has its own agenda and mm. there's secretive government stuff going on. But it's like, if on the pure face of it, we are just defending against alien invaders, one of these alien invaders is here right now and it's doing nothing but drilling. Mm. Like Why don't we send a diplomat in. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, you'd just be thinking stuff like, if I was a member of a population, I'd be like, Oh no, the aliens are here. It's the end of. Oh wait, no. Well, what are they? They're not. Oh. oh, they're just just kind of it's just there. Like, what's it doing? Yeah. Like, for all we know, maybe it wants something, and once it gets it, it will leave. It'll leave, and maybe all it wants is a banana, and it just thinks that drilling straight down is where to get the bananas from. Maybe and if we really... hand it a banana, it'll go. Maybe it's really thirsty. Yeah. And it can only drink magma for oil. And it's like I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's our precious oil. It just wants to put a straw down. Then we should go to war with it if it wants our oil. Jeez. Yeah, actually seems legit. Yeah. No, he, let's start, I take it back. <laughs> but so it's kind of like uh if it feels like a like a, a bit like a disaster movie. Yeah. Where there's this big like force of nature 
thing and they're like, well, we have to use our human ingenuity to solve this problem. And it's going to take nine hours, so we have to come up with, with a solution. solution. Yeah. So the immediate kind of like fire from heaven threat is gone. It's gone. And we yeah. have a bit of breathing space. So as you say, they do some experiments. Yes. And and this consists of basically testing to see what makes it fire its particle beam. Um, because it's going to drill. It's going to keep drilling. Um, so how, you know, what what's the situation? You know, how does it recognize threat or whatever? And so to do this, Misato deploys various things. Um, I just remembered the balloon. That's what I'm going towards <laughs> in an attempt to sort of see what will, you know, encourage or aggro an attack from it. And one of these <laughs> is a life-size Ava Zero One balloon. Ah, no, it's not quite life-size. Oh, is it not? Because the Sorry. subtitle pops up and says like one fifth decoy. <laughs> oh, <is it> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's deployed from a boat, isn't it? Yeah. There's like a boat sailing along. It's got all these strings coming out from the deck. And uh, and then there's this this big, kind of, I suppose, in the idea of like a festival, carnival balloon. Like a Macy's Day. Pro- but it looks exactly like Unit 1. Yeah. It, like... it doesn't really look balloony, does and it? And it moves its limb. <laughs> you know, like they've got this like giant balloon of Unit 1 <laughs> moving down, a sh- like attached to a boat. And then its, its arm has got like a big... Inf- oh, that's right. Yeah, because I suppose that's to, to connotate like attack. And actually, like this happens so quickly. Your brain has no time to go like, what the hell yeah. are we seeing? So for a second, we see like a smaller, what looks like unit one, hanging from strings, like, like suspended on strings above a boat. Yeah. And then before we can even know what we're looking at, it gets blown up by the angel. And, uh, and then it cuts back to Masato and just like, oh, well, it attacked the balloon. And then it just moves straight yeah, on. because we were joking. We said, is that a balloon? It's just like, that's too stupid. They'd never use a natural balloon. And then it's like, oh, they destroyed the balloon. It yeah. saw through our ruse. One of the first things that Nerve makes sure is on the budget is balloons of everything that they make. So every staff member has a balloon. Every Every vehicle... Every unit. It, they were actually going to use it balloons. for Shinji's birthday. It was, but <laughs> the boat was all primed because today is yeah. Shinji's birthday. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> and he has to pilot the Ava on his birthday. Doesn't even mention it. He's that depressed about it. But it's like the way the subtitle pops up and goes like one fifth size so, so decoy. That's not silly. It's like it's like it's a thing. Yeah, like we just happen we to have, have one fifth decoy. A, decoys a ton balloons. of these lying around. Yeah, and of course it vaporizes it. Nerve used to be party planners. Ah, that's what it is. You see, that's where all the money came from to do the um, Eva project. So, yeah, yeah. So that's weird. Um, and then she also launches a mortar from a train, which also gets annihilated. Which makes a bit more sense. More sense, yeah. Because, because <laughs> actually, what did the first test prove? Because they launched <laughs> Eva Unit 1 in the city, and it got fried. Yeah. So then they launch a balloon in the city, like I really th- close to it. I think it's... I think these two things, because these are only two things we see Masato do, but I think they're meant to indicate that she's doing lots of things, and she manages to glean from it that it has a radius of attack. Because all I can think of is when Homer... In the Simpsons is doing uh he's like cooking at home and he's like he's frying something and it bursts into flames and just goes, Hmm, hmm. <laughs> and then you see him like pouring milk onto his cereal and that bursts into flames. He goes, Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. That's how it feels. Yeah. Like. She's just wasting nerves resources and their many balloons, which yeah. I'm sure, you know, they really like. Uh and Shinji really wants for his birthday. I like the idea that was actually the twenty fifth balloon they deployed. <laughs> yeah. It destroyed that balloon too. 
Oh. And then she just reaches, mm. like, <laughs> yeah. leans down, makes a little note on a bit of paper. Doesn't like balloons. And then the camera pans around, and the, the note paper is just drawings of more balloons. <laughs> and she's just gone insane. What if we tried a bigger balloon? No, I'm just Misato. All of your strategies involve balloons. <laughs> I went to clown college. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's only so much helium in the world. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so balloons. You know, not a good defence. We've established that much. I really hope we see another balloon. I hope so too. (laughs) You'd think if you've gone to the point, or if you've gone to the effort of setting up this incredibly detailed bit of world building, (laughs) surely that can't be worthless. It's got to be worth more than four seconds of animation. Yeah, there's going to be more balloons. There's going to be more balloons. And and then we cut to, and this kind of makes sense, Mm. I want to say like several miles outside the city. Mm. And it's on on a hillside, and we see a train track... Mm. And a giant train-mounted cannon. Like a tank, almost, but like a train tank. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is really cool. Yeah. Like... Comes out of a tunnel. Breaks. Yeah. Rotates turret its turns. turret. Because it's a good few miles away, but this yeah. is a big old turret. And you can see the city sort of on the horizon, can't yeah. you? Like... And they're like, let's fire. But then immediately, Ramiel goes, oh, and uh-huh. this energy beam just melks the tank and it's like it the hillside. It's like it detects threat. Yes, mm. but it, but this is again interesting because if it wanted, it could kill every living thing. Like one sweep of its beam. Yeah, one in a circle. Everything's yeah. dead. Uh, but it doesn't. Anyway. No. So it's interesting that it's only responding to threats. Mm. And it's clearly intelligent enough to tell that a tank on a hillside several miles away... What's interesting is that it doesn't attack the tank until the tank fires. Mm. And this is important for later on with the end of this episode. Uh, as to as to when it attacks, mm. because their theory after these tests that Misato does is it only responds to attacks within a certain radius. That's yeah. the theory, which of course turns out to be wrong. Um, so having gleaned that bit of information, Misato then has to go upstairs to the big boss, yes, Gendo Akari. Still Gendo, yeah, because she's got a plan, and everyone's like, "You got a plan?" And she's like, "I got a plan," uh, which is amazing considering she's only got nine hours, and she's you know she, she's got to come up with something. Uh, to take down something that seems unstoppable. Yes. But it seems like everything she's been doing has been to work out whether this plan is viable and she now thinks it is. And she goes up to Gendo and she says that what she wants to do is snipe it from outside its attack radius. Yes. Uh, and, I mean, we we talk about this show being a bit illogical. Mm. But this is a fine example of actually... This makes sense. There is a logic to it. And they're like, look, we've worked out that this thing can destroy anything <laughs> except... The ground beneath its feet, apparently. Within a certain radius. Like, we don't know the actual distance, but call it like a 10 mile radius or something. Like, mm. it can just instantly obliterate any weapon. Yeah. So, this is actually like logical. This is sound. But, yeah. Like, we make a long range weapon and we fire it from outside. Yeah. And the only catch is uh, this weapon doesn't exist. Nope. We'd well, have to... they have a rifle, but it doesn't have that range on it. Apparently. Or, or, but, it but it's kind of like. It's weird, isn't it? Because the plan is we'll make a big gun, like a sniper rifle, and then one of the Evas will sit on a hillside like 20 miles away and take the shot yeah. and kill it. And it's great. And it's like, there's a logic to this. This is amazing. But but this is where the really cool like human ingenuity comes in, because like, we have nine hours to build this thing. Yeah. And I can't remember what the purpose of this cannon was originally. But I, I got the impression that one of the things about building it was that we'd have to retool it to turn it into a rifle. Well, yeah, because you remember Misato then, after she gets permission, she then goes to uh, what seems to be like a laboratory in yes. the city somewhere, who are developing a positron 
energy weapon. Yes. Um, quite separate of Nerve, quite separate of the Ava projects yeah. and everything. And they basically confiscate everything they've made and accelerate the program to turn it into something that an Ava yeah. can fire. Yeah. Now, I'd like to believe that it's the equivalent of them commandeering CERN. Yes, you know, yeah, it, it is. It's the yeah. equivalent of like an Eva picking up CERN. <laughs> I'm going to use this. You know, but never, as a Christmas wreath. You never know, large hadron collider. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to break it open and turn it into a tube Flatten and, it out I'm and just going to blow down it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the re- that's the kind of same logic here. It's like an electromagnetic blowpipe. And, and which is why I do like this because it's mm. like let's get the largest particle accelerator on the planet and we'll turn it into a rifle. Yeah. And Let's get the bottom of a space shuttle. And use that as a shield. Yeah, it's like the, yeah. we need the toughest heat insulation on the planet. Yeah. Ah, like NASA or like the Japanese Space Agency, whatever the equivalent is. And this is good because this suggests, obviously, that they have no idea and therefore can't prepare for the kind of attacks that the angels are going to inflict mm. upon them. Um, but they have to make, like you say, make use of human ingenuity from everywhere, from yeah. all different fields, and apply them to the Avers to give them a fighting chance. And I say this is actually one of the series' strengths. Yes. Because we, we've actually, in rewatching it, found a lot of the series' flaws. <laughs> yeah. But I remember one thing I did really like about it was the fact that Nerve was the best equipped organisation on the planet yeah. to deal with this incredible threat which had never nothing in the history of humanity had had to deal with no they were the best of the best and they only ever won by the skin of their teeth yeah. like it was always, always. just we yeah. are always flying more more like uh, catchphrases but we're always flying by like, the seat of our planet <laughs> flying planks. like insert catchphrase here <laughs> yeah it's, it's just like they're always just making it up as they go along yeah and this is like look we've... and I think maybe that's Misato's skill yeah you know as much as we have been like, really, really having a go at Misato over, over the last few episodes. Like, what is she for? Why is she such a slob and a useless person? Why is she so mean to Shinji? All this kind of stuff. Why has she got this job? And then, when it came down to brass tacks, in nine hours, she had to come up with a strategy. Yeah. And she did it. And it's actually kind of a good one as well. Because this is where, like, it's just like inconsistent writing, mm, isn't yeah, it? Because yeah. now you see her, and the character we see her be here... Is really cool. Yeah. And we're like, oh, I get it. It's strong, in charge, with a with a plan, quite creative, but very intelligent. Uh, but the risk-taking yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because it's kind of like, obviously, world government has changed a bit, and Nerve has incredible power. Mm. Uh, but it's like, she's like, look, I have this plan. We're going to build a Positron rifle, shoot it from outside its range, of the, the Angel's range, using a space shuttle as a, a body Backup. shield. Yeah. And it's going to require all power of the entire Japanese grid. Yeah. So we'll have to put a a nationwide blackout just to fire this thing once. Yeah. And I love the fact that, like, that is, by any stretch of the imagination, a a stupid plan. (laughs) Like, because in in any of us, in the real world, you'd be like, have you tested this? Yeah. Do you even know this will work? This machine has never been built. Infrastructure-wise, how yeah. are we going to deploy are, the energy? Are you not just going to blow every circuit in and the in country? And in fact, Ritsuko does say that when they're powering it up. Yeah. Like, she says something to the effect of, we don't know if this will work, it may just blow up. But I love that, because it's like, it's it's really stupid. Yeah. But they have no other this is choice. All got. Yeah. And they go like, and, and she says, it, she, she brings this plan to her boss, and Gendo goes... Yes, you have our full support. Yeah. Go for it. You'll get what you need. Like we will, <laughs> we'll reroute the entire country's power. It's cool. And I think this is also the first proper mention of the Magi. Yes. Uh, the supercomputers. The three supercomputers. Yeah. And it's very subtle because they it doesn't get expanded on until later. But they say 
when she's presenting her plan. This is my plan. And they go, ah, what do the Magi say? Yeah. And they go, well, two out of three think it's a good idea. Yeah. And they reckon we have an 8% chance of survival. They say two of them are affirmative and the other is conditional affirmative. Yes. Yeah. Which is, and and it's cool because this is expanded on later, but it's the idea of these three like crazy supercomputers. I like the fact that they don't, Fully agree. Yes, I like. Yeah, that. that's cool. Yeah, and and they ask for opinions, and yeah. the computers were like, "Yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, give it a shot." <laughs> so, and she goes, "Like, yeah, you have an eight percent chance of survival." And then she goes, "This is the best percentage we could get." Yeah, like, yeah, fine, let's go uh, for it. Like, percent chance. So, so yeah, so following all of that, they then requisition everything they need, and there's a lot of montagey, you know, rerouting power. You see um, announcements going out across all the prefectures saying that there's going to be a blackout. You see um, cables and trucks and all sorts of stuff putting stuff onto the mountain, which is where Unit One's going to shoot from. You see, like the I don't know who they are. They're kind of like the Japanese national engineers. Yeah, and they're saying like, "How's the thing coming along?" So, well, we've never done anything like this before, but for the honour of our department, I reckon we can do it in uh, three hours. Three hours, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Great, uh, great! Thank God for the honour of your department." And you see, like these amazing. And one thing Evangelion does very well is a sense of scale, because mm. you'd get these amazing shots of like a mountain they've commandeered. Yeah, and. It's kind of cool because they thought about it and going up this road, you see the mountain, you see the road going all the way down to the base. And I always thought they were like trucks. And I think they, they kind are of trucks, are, but I they're think. like they're yeah. mobile transformers. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. there's just a massive chain of electrical transformers going down the side of this of this mountain. This temporary camp of like electricity kind of going on. It's kind of like the greatest undertaking that the human species has ever... Because they've like, got to it, do it in nine hours. Yeah, it'd be like trying to... Launch uh, an entire space mission yeah. in like nine hours. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Reminds me a little bit of, um, uh, a bit like in um, The Martian, the movie. Yeah. Where Which is a champion of sort of logistically working stuff out and, and getting it right. Yeah. It's, it's always, you always get like those, I guess like it has the most parallels with kind of like NASA movies. Mm, or it like does. Apollo And it's the same with how, yeah, and how, how the Avas are launched and how they have the sort of gantries and the piers and everything that, and how, you know, they're sort of stood very vertical and you're sort of looking on from the sidelines in, in this sort of high up balcony. Yeah. It's all very like you're next to a rocket, isn't it? That's about to take off and everything. It's that sense of same sense of scale. I just remember there's actually a bit in Apollo 13, which I think I've only seen once. So have I, yeah. Is it Apollo 13? The one where there's, it goes wrong, basically. Houston, we have a problem. Problem. Yeah. But it's it's like there's a there's a great bit where because uh, something's blown up on the ship like a, a piece of coupling uh, a piece of shielding came off the outside that's right yeah. caused damage and now the sh- two bits won't connect or something that's right, and they're yeah. going to run out of air and they're going to die and there's a great bit where like a, a NASA guy back on Earth you see him walk into a room with a box he's carrying like a cardboard box it's and like, he up- this is everything they have yeah he said yeah. this is an exact duplicate of everything they have on the ship we have to work out how to get this socket to fit to this hole <laughs> using only what's in here <laughs> and it's and they're like that's impossible this is what we have to do we have to do it yeah. we have 90 minutes to do it you know it's, <laughs> it's that kind of it's brilliant that's like yeah. ultimate problem solving isn't it it's like next level problem solving and that's the feeling you get in this episode yeah they're like do. they're flying by the seat of their pants and they've just got to yeah, that's get a really good together. analog, actually. That's really good. I love that bit. So then, um, I guess you cut away from this amazing preparation, and Shinji regains consciousness. Indeed, in um, a hospital. Ray wheels a trolley in with his breakfast. One one aspect of it is a square egg. 
there is a square egg, mm. which really bugs me actually because I'm like, if, if they serve it in like a little uh, so kind of TV dinner tray yeah, with thing. lots of little compartments, sort of. And and the egg, the fried egg, perfectly fill, fills the square little thing. So they didn't cook it, cook it in, in the tray, they? unless the the tray is boiling hot. <laughs> And after Shinji's like boiling LCL experience, like thought you'd like this, hey, happy birthday! And then a balloon comes in, <laughs> shaped like Eva, shaped like a boiling Eva, <laughs> shaped like a boiling Shinji. They've got a boiling Shinji for some reason. Like the tray is boiling hot, and he picks it up and goes, ah! And she goes, and now you're like your dad. You burnt your hangs, ah! Uh, <laughs> wow, symbolic. Anyway, uh, and Ray, yeah, Ray comes in. Shinji wakes up. And there is a conversation along the theme of, I don't want to pilot the Ava again. I don't like it. Why yeah, because she goes, hey, how you doing? Here's the plan. Hey, yeah. Open, opens a little book. Covers a mouth. Covers a mouth so you don't have to animate it. And goes, <laughs> half five, we we go. Yeah. Six o'clock, we, we launch. Launch. Like, half six, we save the world. Yeah. Click. <laughs> See you later. You uh, drops the mic. <laughs> yeah. And Shinji... Uh, to be honest, like this episode moves so quickly. Shinji doesn't have a lot of time to moan. No, he does say a little bit of like, oh, so I have to pilot the Ava again. And Ray says, yeah, you do actually. And he, and he's like, well, maybe you don't know what it's like. I've, I've, I've been through more with the Ava than you have. You've never actually piloted an Ava uh, unit in combat. In combat, no. Which is true. We, we had our doubts, but that's actually true. Yeah. Like, and never... then Ray says something like, well, if you don't want to do it, um, I'll do it. Yeah, we can recalibrate Unit 1 and I'll pilot it. Which I don't think is entirely true. I don't know whether that would work. No, I know they try later in the series to swap. Yeah. They're, they're like, okay, we need to be flexible. We need to know that if one EVA goes down, we can, can someone else can pilot it. Yeah. Uh, or... But they've already tested Unit 1 with Ray, haven't they, in the past? That's why she's injured right at the beginning of the story. Isn't no, she right? was injured in Unit 0. Oh, was she in Unit 0? Yeah. So she's never been in Unit 1. No. Which so would suggest that she can't pilot Unit 1. They seem to think it's possible, but she has no... There's no. She can't really make these assurances at this point. No, but she is kind of cocky like that. Yeah. And uh, and so he's a bit like, oh, yeah, fine. But then the next thing we see, and clearly he has made up his mind, is him they're all up. on the mounting side. Yeah. And, and uh, oh, he's like, oh, I'm having a... Mitz... What's her name? Which one? Misato? Misato, yes. Yeah, I had a, yeah. m- a momentary uh, brain fart. And, uh, and then Misato's on a hillside with them. It's night time. And she goes, here's oh, yeah. a plan. They were briefing. And you've got the dramatic music playing. Dun, 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 dun. And she's like, here's what we're going to do. Uh, Shinji, you're going to pick up the massive gun and you're going to shoot it. And Ray, you're going to have the shield yeah. made of the space shell. And there's kind of a moment here, and I always noticed this when I watched it before, where Ray then goes, so all I have to do is protect unit one. And uh, Misato just goes, yep. She just goes, okay. And it's almost like she wants to do something more. Mm. Um, and she's al- she'll always follow orders. That's the one thing about Ray. obviously. She'll always do what she's told. But she's almost disappointed that mm. that's, that's her only role to play. And it's like, it's like, as far as I can remember, the only time where she seems to have any sort of pride and wishes she was more important. And you sort of get this feeling... Like if you were watching this for the first time, that oh she's going to do something, she's going to sabotage the mission for her own like glory almost, and that maybe maybe this is her moment where she'll like step in and take the rifle out of Shinji's hands or something. There's this sort of almost this slight subtext if she's going to do something, but she doesn't. But um, but I always thought there was this this weird disappointed yeah. line that she says there, which is kind of good actually. It's a bit more character than she has really ever displayed at any other time. Uh, you know, I don't think I picked up on that. But mm. That's a good that's a good point. Yeah. But then we have a little chat between Shinji and Rei before 
the grand battle. Yeah, and uh, and as you pointed out, it's quite uh, it's artistic. Yeah, because they're sitting on like a like a gantry on yes. this mountainside where the evas are standing. Yeah, and they have a little heart to heart, and their evas, their respective evas, are behind them in yeah. shot. So it's they're, a, they're it's sort a, of at shoulder height. So whenever it cuts to Ray talking, the giant head of Unit Zero is behind her, and then whenever it cuts to Shinji, Unit One's behind him. Yeah, it's like a little juxtaposition. Kind yeah, of thing. it's kind of nice, and they're in their plug suits, and it's the first time that they're sort of like it's it's. Uh, heroically depicted. Like, yeah. These kids are the pilots of these robots behind them, and those robots behind them are theirs. That they're theirs. But also, thing. like they're having a, it's a sh- it's a short scene because everything short. in this episode moves very quickly. Bam, bam, bam. But it, it, it it's why it's kind of good because rather than Shinji have this quite badly, a kind of presented crisis which we've seen in previous episodes. Here, in the span of like a few seconds or like a minute, he says, "Look, why are you doing?" You know, it's a it's a genuine moment. Yeah, like a, it actually is a scene why that do works. You pilot the Ava because he's like having a bit of a crisis, and he's like, "Why why do you do this? Like this is horrible." And she says, "Well, uh, it's a bond." Yeah, she says, "Like I I have to. I I I am connected to the Eva." Mm. And uh, and then she goes, "We should go. It's yeah. time to get ready." And she says goodbye. Mm. Yeah, which there's a shock across Shinji's face when she says that because it's almost like it's quite nihilistic, isn't it? It's like goodbye. Um, so not- you see, and it's so it's interesting what you were then saying about how sh- she was like. So my role is just to protect Unit One. It's With almost that, like she's decided now she's going to sacrifice herself, or rather, like she's kind of realised that, like, oh, I'm expendable. Mm. It, yes, it's more like, that actually. Yeah, definitely. It's like so, oh, I'm basically just there to. Yeah, human shield. which is kind of, we'll touch on it later, the story of Rey. Mm. That she is kind of, sadly. So she, and, but Shinji's like, and that's shocked. Shinji, Shinji that, is like, yeah, yeah he's, he's like, well, don't, don't. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. And then suddenly, bang, and and, it begins. and, and we're off. And they, they turn on all these breakers. and Japan goes black. And and you, cr- you see, like, um, there's a shot of, like, thousands of cables snaking through the woodland. Yeah. And they're smoking. They're kind of like... Yeah, it just for and power. we see all the like um, the heat sinks and everything power up, and, and yeah. they go cold, don't they? And yeah, and you and, see like uh, a unit one picks up this massive proportional rifle. sniper rifle. Yeah, and at this point, Masato briefs him and says that he has to compensate for the ele- electromagnetic and gravitational uh, forces of the Earth. Yeah, like when he makes the shot, we're we're in the kingdom of gods yes. now. Like, the, I mean, like mentally calculating and compensating for that is i'm gonna say impossible yeah but not only that like he's a 14 year old boy he's yeah. never done this before and he says that i've never done any training for this before and she's like oh it's all right she then shares read the manual it's all in there and then follows it up same sentence with when the two crosshairs align just pull the trigger yeah the computer will do the rest but, but so she goes from saying he has to do everything in a sentence to saying he doesn't have to do yeah. anything at all because bear in mind he's in <laughs> he's in a mech yeah. But he's in a giant humanoid mech. And this giant humanoid mech is lying on the <laughs> side of a mountain like a sniper. Yes. Holding a giant sniper rifle the size of a city. Yes. And he's going to make a shot from like 20 miles away to take down. And it's like... Why do we need... I'd often wondered about this because it's like the Evas use weaponry. Yeah. Which is modelled on human weaponry like swords and knives and things yeah and and but they they they're almost like direct replicas to the point where like either unit 1 carries a pistol yeah. sometimes and it looks just like a regular 
standard issue human pistol, but it's 50 metres long. Like, it's yeah. gigantic. And, like, you see it, like, occasionally, I swear there's bits where it fires, and you see shell casings <laughs> the size of trucks yeah. falling and crushing <laughs> cars. Yeah. Street, yeah. So, it, it's weird, isn't it? Because they've taken a Positron cannon. Maybe it was, like, a particle accelerator. Something like that. And they've retooled it into a gun. Yeah. But they've gone to the effort of making it, like, a perfect scaled-up replica of a human weapon. Yeah. So that an Eva can pilot it. looks it. like a sniper rifle. Okay. And we were talking about this at the time. But given that everything is at stake here, and <laughs> they they say to Shinji, as you rightly pointed out, let the computer do... Everything. ...the thing. The computer's going to do all the calculations, apparently. Yeah. And you're going to have a re- like a, a reticule, and you're going to see two crosshairs... And when they line up, you have to press the trigger. And it's as simple as that. So apparently the computer is doing all the calculations. It's moving the two things. And Shinji just has to press the button. Yes. Why not have the computer do that? <laughs> because this is, this is what's so crazy is that what was so great about Evangelion's mythology was that the reasoning behind having to fight in giant robots was the AT field. Yes. So it acts as an AT field amplifier mm. and you have to get in there hand to hand but we're too small so it's almost like an 80 field amplifier yeah. and to do that it has to be human shaped because if you're not in a human shaped thing you can't deploy your no. AT field in a in a manner that's akin to a living being's yeah. normal AT. if you're in a tank your sync ratio with a tank is like what 0.01 yeah. percent because it doesn't have legs it doesn't have arms so you can't move in a tank the way you can move your body so it's arguable that the AT field comes from an aspect of humanity yes and the avas are a human-shaped thing, and so they can amplify your... Yeah, and they're kind of biological. Exactly. But clearly, they can and do interface technology with them. Absolutely. Because they have inbuilt computers and and everything. But we see that scene when he's fighting uh, Satchel at the very beginning, where he uses the vibro knife to cut, almost, through the AT field. Yes, yeah. And it's almost like he can extend his AT field around weapons. Yes. Certainly hand-to-hand weapons, like bladed weapons. So that kind of makes sense in its own funny way. It's like, you need the Avers to fight the Angels because we need AT fields. Yeah. But this gun <laughs> and this whole story is about having a weapon powerful enough to break an AT field, not not cancel it out like it does when you fight hand-to-hand. Yes. So it no longer matters. It no longer needs to be an Ava. There doesn't need to be an Ava anywhere within miles of this operation. And as you say, it could be a computer that when the calculations line up, it just fires. Well, I'm just saying like... You, uh, what, another case could be that, look, we have made, because of a time frame, we've built the biggest gun, but there is no system big enough or sophisticated no enough to, to fire it or aim it. But we happen to have a giant organic being which could pick it up. So, it's got a computer so there could it, be yeah. an argument that, like, we've built a gun, but there's nothing on the earth powerful enough to aim it. Okay. So there could be an argument that, like... We need the Eva to kind of like shift and and target and do all this kind of stuff, but it's it's still but just still like, the computer does all that. But but yeah, it's like you, that's the thing. You could have just had it like the Eva just has to carry it or yeah. something like that. You've got two options here. You've either got Shinji is the legendary amazing pilot who is so gifted that he can compensate for gravitational and electromagnetic forces and can make the shot, and he's incredible. 
which yes. obviously they haven't built him up. To yes, keep. no, and he's so, he's not good. So at that's what he not does it at all. No. And the other the other option, which is something I feel like could have been so easily said, is that the Ava is extending its AT field across the bullet or the beam or mm. the gun, and that it's necessary for the Ava to do it because the AT field is still required. Yeah, and it'd be so easy for them to do that. You know, rather than saying that we're just going to overpower the AT field and just blast through it with a particle beam, just say, no, we're still using the Ava's inherent yeah. different thing, just ranged this time. And and that gun isn't about power and energy. It's about a gun designed specifically to channel an Ava's AT field forward over yeah. 20 miles. Because let's be honest, the Ava's can't do that by themselves. No. And also, I guess the question is, uh, basically, it's a lot of pressure to put on Shinji. Yeah. But then that's the story. Because, the, well, yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> so thematically it's fine. It's just like, if I was trying to, if I was running the show of this scenario, I wouldn't risk it to the reaction time of an emotionally unstable 14-year-old. No. I'd say to him, look, hey, we need the Eva because, frankly, there's not enough metal in the world to build a, a, a mount for this gun. We just need you to stand and hold it. But the computer is doing the targeting. Yeah. But rather than say the moment the thing lines up, you have to press the trigger. The human brain can only process at a certain speed. Yeah. You just have to scan that. Yeah. We're sorry you have to. Be in the cockpit. But we're gonna we're sorry you have to, but there's nothing big enough to else nothing else that can hold the gun. And then we'll just have a computer. Have the Magi. The Magi do it. Because the moment it's kinda like linked you want that thing to fire it. Yeah. fire it, yeah. Like milliseconds. Rather than the, 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 the sort of half a second or whatever it takes for him to react to the crosshairs having aligned. Because it's like, you can't have it both ways. Like, as you said, either he has to be the only, the best shot in the in business. The yeah. Or he's just a meat puppet there yeah. for the computer to... And really, he was at the end of the day, you know. And, but and he still had to pull the trigger, which is weird. He did still have to pull the trigger, yeah. which is weird, yeah. I mean, this is nitpicking. Obviously. We are nit. We are yeah, totally because it's a fun yeah. scene and it's a cool moment. And at the end of the day, we're watching a show about giant robots battling strange cosmic entities, and that doesn't make sense anyway. So you know, yes, we can pull it apart on a scientific level, but the science is all bent out of shape yes, in this show no, anyway. True. So it's it's fun, and and we like this episode. Is is the bottom line? But it is it is just. I think it's worth discussing these weird inconsistencies because this is what we're learning. Evangelion is full of from this rewatch. Mm. And it's like, we're, we're coming at this whole thing from a perspective of, you know, well, how effectively does... Because we, we, we held this up, this show. is like, this, this is a great story, and, and I think it is. But it's like, how great is it on a, on a high-resolution yeah. level? Because, I mean, the nitpicking here is more of, like, in-universe nitpicking. Yeah, exactly. It's not kind of... We're not kind of saying, like, oh, this is rubbish. Because this is actually, as you said, good. Yeah. It's a good episode. But it's it's just little the little logic where I think they could have accomplished everything they did in this episode without the Evers. Yeah. Like But then of course it wouldn't be No, it wouldn't be dramatic. Would, but yeah, yeah. It's kinda of like just the actual involvement of the Evers. And maybe actually this is kind of kind of like cool in a way, because it's kinda of like the Evers and Nerve have come up against uh, an enemy, which is the Evers are useless against. Yeah. So we're they just kinda like build something else. So we've got them. We might as well use them. So hence they do just end up Propping a gun up We've and a holding budget. a shield, yeah. you know, because that's kind of it. Mm. But um, but hey, so um, so he fires, he fires, but Ramiel reacts. Now this is this is key to what we were saying earlier about how it detects threat. Yes, it seems that everything Misato worked out about the radius was wrong, and even though they're miles out of what she thought was a radius, it detected and it detects it as the gun is charging, doesn't it? As as all the energy from Japan is being sucked into the weapon, that's when. Um, Ramiel starts to charge mm. 
Um, and it's almost like he knows what all that energy is now for. Because it, it does give the impression that the angels are, are intelligent. Yeah. It may not be a human intelligence, no, but it's but clearly smart enough and aware enough to know that, that that amount of energy being collected in one place is about to be ejected yeah. in its own direction. It's like an animalistic kind of cunning yeah reaction yeah but, but this is really cool because it fires at the same time and the human weapon fires and you get this and it oh, yeah it is like beam entanglement you're almost. in the realm you are in the realm of gogs here like yeah. the energy being blasted colossal and yeah so these two massive beams move across the the horizon yeah and there's like a gravitational distortion like where, where they, they meet where they meet the two beams of just light basically kind of curve around each other yeah it's really cool and then blast off but are kind of like deflected slightly yes. so both miss but a mountain like next to shinji <laughs> is vaporized yes like well he actually ducks his head oh does he he goes whoop like that yeah and the beam just goes straight <laughs> over so it is kind of lucky shinji was piloting i suppose that's a good point yeah that does a lot of what we were just saying <laughs> but then that mountain just erupts into into plasma it's just gone and isn't there a comment in one of the earlier episodes about having to redraw the maps? I think there is. Don't they make yeah. a point that like every time they drop an N2 mine or an angel yeah. unleashes a particle attack, the geography of Japan is just changed <laughs> just fundamentally significantly. Changed. So then they're like, oh, That's hell. my favourite mountain. We missed. You know, and it's like, we only really planned for one shot. So then they start recharging, but they're wide open yeah. while they're recharging. And Ramiel fires again. And then Ray leaps in holding the shield the shield yeah which apparently will only last for 17 seconds yes and after she's been holding the beam for about two or three someone says uh we won't be ready to shoot again for another 10 seconds so they're right on the the knife edge so she has to endure it yeah she just takes it and you see the the heat shield is bubbling it's melting away obviously unit zero's armor is bubbling and melting and and then suddenly the reticules align again and Shinji fires for a second time. And the beam goes right Parallel, through Ramiel. Right past Just Ramiel. Punches beam. right through it. And straight through it. And flames come out the backside yeah, of Ramiel. Yeah, big eruption of, of fire. Yeah. And then it dies. And it falls and the drill stops. The drill has just pierced into the gear front as well yes, at that point. Yes, yes. Um, obviously. And, and so at that moment, the drilling shuts down. Ramiel falls to the ground. And we see the state of the Avers. And they are both seriously boiled. Like their outer armor is completely melted, mm-hmm. both in, entirely, both of them. Uh, but Shinji is now very concerned about Ray, who of course has been taking the brunt of that uh, beam, mm-hmm. um, and he knows what that can do to him firsthand. So he uh, uses Unit One to rip open the back, I guess, of Unit Zero. Yes, and the entry plug sort of disc that comes out, whoop, and, he, and, and, and the EV Unit One takes it out. It's yes, holding takes it, it out. And it's holding and, it, and you see him right away. We're getting into it kind of was like a two-parter. Yeah. We have this thematic callback now. Exactly. To, to when to get Ray was injured Ray. in the testing of Unit Zero. Yeah. And we get that same scene of the entry plug door being opened and turned. But this time it's Shinji doing it instead of his dad. And he's wearing gloves. He's wearing gloves. Which is but it's sensible. hot again. Uh, and there's a real sense of, we know this door. We know this plug. We know everything. He opens the door and Ray's in there. She seems to be unconscious. And he sort of calls to her. And she turns and opens her eyes and she's basically okay. Yes. And genuinely seems fairly happy to see him. I think she was expecting or hoping kind of to see Gendo. But she sees Shinji and he cares about her. Yeah, and, and that he's makes crying. him like the, the only the second person to yeah, care. show any yeah. care towards her. Absolutely. 
And he says something to the effect of, you shouldn't say goodbye. Yeah, Shinji's like so relieved and emotional, he starts crying. Yeah, yeah. And for once, it does feel kind of like justified. It's and like it feels just... like a nice character moment, a nice resolution. Like he has done something heroic after she has. Yes. And and his motivations and his emotions are all like nice and believable. Yeah. And, and, and I like them. I like this story moment. It's good. Because it's like, because his point is you he's basically paraphrasing now but he's basically like you need to have self-worth yeah that's basically it. like you're not expendable you're no. not disposable and you saying to... goodbye is just too sad you can't say that yeah yeah and then uh she's like and then he's kind of crying and she's like um uh, I, I don't know what to do I now i don't really know what to do and he's like smile yeah and she smiles yeah and he smiles and, then, and it ends. And it ends. You're like, fair enough. It's like, hey, nice little moment. Nice <laughs> That's actually little... like a normal ending for an episode. Nice little character moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of weird because it's like, uh, if you'd cut out, I think like episodes two through five, or like three <laughs> through five, if it had gone from like the opening for two-part to this, yeah. Shinji would be a very different character. Yeah, yeah. Because he's gone through like a three-episode slump. Yeah. But he's he's kind of on his way out now. Yeah, yeah, and his and his character is one that you know reluctantly accepts his role as being a pilot, but is showing more heart than maybe anyone else who works for Nerve, um, yeah. and thereby is growing into a hero that we can get behind. Yeah, exactly. Like he, um, you know, we talked about how surprised we were with Shinji's character in episode one and two because mm. we had this this you know this established notion of what Shinji was like, and then watching it again, we were like. Oh, actually, I'm not really seeing it yet. Yeah. Like, because to begin with, Shinji is quite decisive. Like, yeah, he is. He yeah, doesn't yeah. want to do it, but he goes, well, I have to. So I will. will. And he yeah. does it, you know. And this is a, a situation a lot like that, where he's yeah. like, I don't want to do this, but I will. And but he now does. I'm here. Yeah, I'm going to make the best of it. And of he does something heroic, and uh, they both do. Mm. And they have a nice little character moment. They do. And that's the episode. It is. So, uh, we've kind of, as we always do, and there's nothing wrong with this, we've kind of talked about our feelings about the episode while As we've we been go. going. Yeah. But uh, but generally, what, what do you think of this episode? I, I like this one. Mm. Generally, I like this one. I thought I was going to. Yes. Because we knew from the end of the last one what was going to be in this one. We did at that point think this was a two-parter and I didn't think it would all be told in this episode because mm. I didn't remember it right. But, um, but as though it moves at a pace, it never feels rushed. No. I don't feel. And it's certainly um, a necessary step up from some of the episodes we've had before. Yeah. And I can understand... Like, because we've talked before, like, when we were first watching this, how on earth did we get through those earlier episodes? Yeah, they're rough. Yeah. And and I think, you know, a lot of the things sort of wash over you when you're first watching something and also when we were a bit younger as well. But um, but also, I feel like there was just enough being given. And this is an example of that. This episode is like showing what the show is capable of, you know, maybe not giving 100% of what you'd expect from a well-put-together story, well-put-together characters and, you know, awesome action. doesn't quite hit all of that, but it hits enough of it to make you think, oh, there's going to be more of that, so I'm going to keep going. Mm. Um, and and this is one of the first, or yeah, one of the first few really high points that would probably be enough to make you stick with the rest of the show for the whole thing. Because, uh, well, firstly, and probably goes without saying, but I agree. Mm. Like, this is a very good episode. I, I And... It's kind of when I had all these like rose tinted memories of what Evangelion wa- was, and you know we started rewatching it, and actually I was kind of like thinking, oh god, like some of these episodes are pretty rough, yeah, pretty hard going. But this episode, this is what we remember. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, clearly this is what shone <laughs> yeah. to me. And you know, we always, we always, we were talking about how 
people always talk about this angel yeah. and this scenario. Yeah. And I and I wonder like is it because the show finally hit its stride uh and finally kind of demonstrated what it could be? Mm. You know, is it that or also or is it also an element of we've just come off the back of a a couple of quite not great episodes, like one very bad episode. Mm. You know, things have been a bit inconsistent. Like, is it made doubly good by being an upswing? But like a, like a contrasting two. After yeah. a bit of a dip. You yeah, know? maybe. you got to wonder what the process was when it was all being written and made. You know, when, when you know, Hideaki Anno was penning episode four in mm. his notebook, would you be like, this is a bit shit, but I'm going to carry on with it anyway. Mm. <laughs> you can maybe see what he was trying to do. Because it <laughs> yeah. was kind of like, character. let's have, you know, it's going to be very character driven and, you know, he'll be down and we'll go through the darker emotions and then he'll come back and then something mm. heroic happens. But really, it was just, uh, yeah. it was too long. I get the feeling, and I don't know whether this is true, but it, it might it might explain some things because we see this show up in a lot of animation, particularly serialised animation. And I wonder whether when you're given the brief, you're told what the formula is. And it's like, you will have one episode, lots of budget, three episodes after that, not as much, then the fourth episode, budget. Mm. Then, And it's almost like it's dictated by a formula. We almost don't and then know. you write a story around that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, you almost don't know, because a lot's going to be spent on the premiere, yeah. like showing it off. And exactly. then, you know, things kind of dipped away a bit. And then they're like, well, this will be like a mid-season kind of... yeah. Because I know in America they have the mid-season break, don't they? So there's always like yes, a, a cliffhanger do. there. But imagine if you know, imagine if you as a writer wrote a story for a, for an animated show, and you took it to uh, a studio who were going to produce it, and they were like, "I'm sorry, John, but every single episode is killer, <laughs> yeah. and we do not have the budget slash animation time in a studio to do that massive action sequence that you want in every single episode. So could you rewrite it in such a way as to make the action sequences once every three episodes? Mm. And so then you have to go away and you're like, well, what am I going to do if I don't have action? Okay, I will develop the characters a bit more. I will show a bit more of the world. And that you can do that very well. I yeah. think that can be done really well. Maybe Anno didn't do it as well. But it's, it, is, it is interesting though, isn't it? Because... It's almost like it's creativity through adversity. Yeah. And you can, it's interesting seeing where they had to cut corners to make stuff work. Definitely. And, you know, I can certainly applaud them wanting to do like a kind of character driven mm. uh, episode or two. Yeah, oh, definitely. But um, I think it's, it's interesting though that like in this episode, which moved at a hell of a pace and packed mm. so much into 22 minutes, it's interesting that like the brief snippets of character moments, which can't have totaled more than like two or three minutes of screen time were infinitely more effective and interesting and genuine mm. than any of those the long previous episodes like that's very true it's effective yeah you know and and you care about these characters so much more and i think i think i wanted to throttle everyone <laughs> based on episode four like i hated everyone i think everyone wanted to throttle each other as well yeah no one was happy no one's no. having a good time i think I mean, from, from from what little storytelling I've done, I th- I think that, and, and certainly from things that I've consumed and really, really enjoyed, I've noticed that the best character work is often done in very small amounts between, uh, g- given context with, with the, the greater story and the greater action of whatever the story is being told, particularly in a sort of anime hero action adventure sort of story. You know, if you delay the action for a really, really long time, you start to lose... 
the context for the characters. Mm. The characters exist to tell this fantastic story, and and unless unless that fantastic stuff is happening, you you can't get the power in those character moments, I feel. And I think that's what this episode has shown really, really effectively, is that by having it set between Misato planning all of Japan's energy and, you know, Ava Unit 1 um, you know, shooting a massive particle beam, by having these little character moments in between, it just adds so much more power mm. to them because they have a reason to care about each other, not yeah. just because they're told to care about each other. But also, like, it makes it... I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine, like, what the... the not the world, but, like, what the anime mech scene was like at the time because yeah, Evangelion is considered a standout yeah and you think like when it arrived you kind of get the impression there was nothing else quite like it no and whereas like there may have been high stakes before you know in other shows and you know giant energy weapons and I'm sure there were I think why this episode kind of succeeds is because it has this grounded reality to it mm. and where like yes they pull off something incredible but we see them building the cables we see them you know because the humanity of it and it makes it more realistic because we see the blood sweat and tears that went into it Mm. it's not just we we need to activate the god hammer yeah you know you just press the button and And it it wheels out of a hole yeah yeah it's like it was it's this is the show exceeding like this is it doing and it's the promise like if i'd never seen the show before and, you know, starting from scratch, like if I'd made it this far, because there was a dip. <laughs> there was. I'd be like, oh, I this is it. I see. Like, yeah. this is what it's going to be. This is what I was trying to say about it is that this this was the this was the, the point of sticking with it. Yeah. Like this is suddenly interesting. Yeah. And and yeah, it's it, it's you know, it's good. It is good. You know, I would like to. I would like to show this episode to people to say what Evangelion is about. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if someone... Would you, would you show them episode four? No, no of course you wouldn't. No, it'd be I mean, like... Why on earth would you? I mean, I remember the episode that I always used to wheel out and show off. Mm. And, and, and I'll I'll tell... I'll, I'll talk about it when we'll we get to that yeah, point. You'll let us yeah, know when we get I'll, there, I'll yeah. let you know. But um, I feel like what I'm remembering is an episode a lot like this one. Mm. That, that has a lot of great moments, great action, great human... Uh, pre- prevailing over a, a, a massive, incon- you know, incomparable threat, mm. but at the same time, some character work in between, mm-hmm. and that's what was good about this. Mm. Definitely, no, definitely. it was a winner. It was a winner. absolutely a winner. Um, so I mean, uh, the angel himself. Yeah. We talked about him a little, but yep. Ramiel, uh, bold statement, but I think my favorite angel. Wow, uh, genuinely my favorite angel, and I, I, really I, good angel. Though. I think the impact this episode had on me kind of growing up when I first saw it, is clearly evident because uh, Ramiel and the particle beam attack and everything it does is in, is basically, you know, it's, we're, we're doing a direct homage to it in Orb. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You Big know, floating weird geometric shapes yes. in the sky above a city shooting huge beams. This is what stuck with me. Yeah. Like <laughs> the idea that like the angels, suddenly I was like, oh, <laughs> I get it. The angels are alien with a capital A. Yeah. Like, we, we do this all the time, but you see an alien race in fiction, and they're essentially... They've got two arms, they've got two legs. Yeah, they're just humans with funny makeup on. Yeah. You know, it's like, but this is so far removed. And then, you know, when you... When, when that thing in, like, the previous episode where they say, like, oh, angels are, like, 98% human. You're like, what? We share, like, the exact same How DNA. How is that floating blue crystal anything like me? And then, you, you know, that's weird. Yeah. Like, that gets me going, because I'm like, oh, this is interesting like that thing is biological 
I have more in common with it than I do with like uh, a chimpanzee or something like that, you know. And yet it is this giant blue octahedron Impossible that can fire particle weaponry. And I'm like, this is that's interesting. Yeah. Like I'm this is really Absolutely weird. Yeah. And that's what it should be. Like it should be unsettling and you can't reason no. with a giant blue pyramid. You can't talk <laughs> you can't talk to it. No, that's the thing. Like it's yeah. it's utterly alien. Mm. Very, very cool. Very cool. I do agree. It's a, it's a grand angel. No question. Like me in many ways. I'm a grand angel. You're an angle. Oh. Uh. So look, I mean, I think any anyone listening should probably get the impression that we, we enjoyed this episode. Definitely. Do we want to... Do you think we've said everything we could I think say? so. I think, uh, I think we might have to rate it. Okay. So yeah. uh, I think I have a number in mind for impact. I think I do too. You I'm go gonna- first. Eight. I was going to say eight. Ah, there Amazing. we go. Yeah, it's We've a, always agreed. It's good. <laughs> it is good. It's very good. It's yeah. a strong episode. And the shinginess. Yeah, there's a tiny bit of it. But it's not... I mean, mm. I feel like I feel like we've got to give... There's, there's, there's got to be a little bit of shinginess. Yeah. Because, like, I think the definition of shinginess is um, how far away from someone who'd be like, yes, I'm going to pilot the Ava, I'm going to be a hero... He is. And he doesn't willingly pilot the Ava at any point in this episode. But he does, like, story-wise, it's good. And and he does step up and do it sort of despite everything. But, but you see, that's why it's not very Shinji. Exactly. Because he does yeah. do it, doesn't he? Like, he does actually... He, he does do doubts. it. So it's going to have a low Shinji rating. But equally, I think there is... It's not zero. No, because he has that kind of crisis. He does have the moany bits and the talking to Ray about not yeah. wanting to do it. It's a tough one now, because I'm, I'm kind of... I think this might be one of the least Shinji he's ever been though yeah like he has that he has that kind of crisis moment where he's like i don't want to do this this is horrible uh but but then he he gets up and does it and it's kind of like him caring for ray yeah is what kind of drives him to what's the lowest shinji rating we've had so far is it one uh that's could you bring it up this is terrible we should probably like um maybe we should thought about this like i because we know where he's going that's the thing we always like because we've had a bad episode, as in it had, it was very high Shinji, mm. but we couldn't give it the full ten out of ten because we know what's coming. Like we know he has he has further to fall. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? Uh, I'm getting there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Right, nearly found it. Wait. It's nearly there. The lowest Shinji rating we've had is three in episode one. Now, I was thinking three or four. Yeah, I thought we'd got lower than that. I thought mm. we got to a two, but we haven't. So episode one was a, was a Shinji rating of three. Mm. Um, and then the Shinji rating has gradually gone up even though the, the quality of the episodes, you could argue, has gone down. The well, impact that, the That's probably... The there is inverse a, Shinji there impact is a, relationship. There is a direct, yeah. <laughs> um, I made the comparison earlier with episode one and the way Shinji acted. So I would actually say this is a three on the Shinjiness. Because I think he has a bit of a crisis, but he... Or should it be lower? I'm wondering whether he's displayed more... Because he didn't... He just did it, didn't he? Because the only the the basically episode one, he's very whingy. Yeah. 
but also it's the first time he's like like you've got to pilot this thing have i what i mean but it's noticeable that he's thrown completely into the deep end then he says i'm gonna do it yeah and here he's like i don't want to do it but i'm gonna do it maybe it is the same but he does it and then but then of course he runs down and goes to rescue ray like he's he's very decisive in this episode you know what? Let's. I think three is good. Yeah. Because I think that gives us scope for him to be even less Shinji E. Should we play it safe later on? Say, I think we have to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so three. A three. So eight on impact, three on Shinji. Yes, absolutely. Ruby. Awesome. Well, I think that's an episode. So, should we talk about our exciting plans for yes. the series and what we're going to do this. next? Yeah. So our theory, our thinking is that we move on to. Rebuild 1.11 now. Yes, the first of the movies. Yeah, rather than doing all the movies at the end. And our reasoning for this is because these few episodes that we've watched will be fresher in our minds now and therefore much better for a comparison with 1.11 than if we got right to the end of the show and watch 1.11 then having to cast our minds back in the 20 episodes to remember these events. So we can compare them side by side by watching 1.11 next. Because 1.11 is You Are Not Alone. Yep. The first of the rebuilds is the movie adaptation of these six episodes. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we figured... We will do an episode, and I, I don't know how you feel about this, but we do uh, a standard episode mm-hmm. about 1. the movie, yeah. and then we do a commentary track yes. to go with it. Absolutely. So we do two two episodes, so then we will, that'll be a good kind of, we can talk about the series so far and, and yeah. where, where we think it's going and uh, like how, and also be very interested to watch the movie again. Based on what we've just seen, absolutely, and see what they really change interested and what they to do. do that. Because the first time I watched one point one one, I think was years after mm. I'd seen these episodes, these episodes one to six. So you know, and 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 that was at the height of my Evangelion fandom as well. So it'll be very interesting now that we've actually really torn the series apart and really, you know, opened it up and gone. Well, this is not been working but this also is what we love about it and it's why we still love it it'll be really interesting to apply all of that thinking to to the rebuild fantastic and see whether they've done it so that's uh so next time it will be 1.11 yeah cool groovy well that. um thank you everyone for uh joining us as we venture into the deep dark <laughs> refusing world Hideaki Anno's mind <laughs> uh but um i feel like we've hit a mini milestone and um i hope you've enjoyed the ride so far absolutely it's certainly been fun revisiting it really has so yeah so I guess until next time folks uh, remember however bad your life may be you could always be Shinji Akari this podcast and others like it is made possible thanks to our wonderful backers on Patreon to support Big Punch Studios as we make comics like Afterlife Thinking Seven String games like Sandwich Masters and podcasts like the one you've just been listening to head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Big Punch Studios For just $5 a month not only will you help make everything we do a reality but we'll also send you four copies of Big Punch Magazine a year that's over 180 full colour pages of comic action featuring Cuckoo's Orb 99 Swords and Catamarang delivered straight to your door This has been a Big Punch Studios production. For all things Big Punch, be sure to head on over to www.bigpunchstudios.com.